friends, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. This is a local podcast focused on our community's creators, and you can find us on all your favorite streaming services and your social medias and YouTube. Just look for Fort Worth Roots. If this is your first time listening to the Fort Worth Roots podcast, this is the part where we go into our announcements. And we've been doing more and more with the community, so these intros are getting longer. Today, I'm going to try to shorten it up for you. The last couple have been extremely long. Let me start off by telling you about our sponsors real quick. HalkWalker.com is where you want to go for special, unique products for every occasion made right here in your backyard. David is excellent with making wood products. He recently put a pin in my hand that has custom wood casing around it, and it's excellent. It's beautiful. And he makes bowls and tops and all sorts of other cool wooden products that are there on their website. And then Angela does a lot of work with the engraver. We did a little informal event the other day with all the podcasters that are going to be uh, involved with an event that we're putting on September 10th. And she brought out these customized tumblers that had their logo on it and everything. And she'd done this stuff herself just to kind of show off like, hey, this is what we can do. And so if you've got a business or a podcast or anything else that needs specialized merch, HalkWalker.com with HalkWalker Originals is where you'd want to go for stuff like that. And they have a huge inventory of other stuff, so that's not all they make. They make a lot more stuff. Right here in your backyard, wonderful original gift ideas. Products for every occasion. Again, that's HalkWalker.com. Shout out to our friends at Woodpost Metalwork. You can find all of their products at WoodPostMetalworks.com. They do metal fabrication, fence and gate repairs and build out signs for your shop or your business, and uh, pretty much anything you can do with a plasma cutter. They've got a lot of original stuff there and if you go today and type in podcast 817 at checkout you get 10 percent off your products the thing that i keep talking about are these uh fire pits that they make they have one on their websites uh, usmc united states marine corps and uh just looks really cool with all the flames kind of poking out of the the lettering and uh, all the custom artwork that they put into it. it's really badass so check that out at woodpostmetalworks.com. And, of course, Roofing Solutions by Darren Houck. You can find their information at roofingsolutionshouk, that's H-O-U-K, dot com. They can also be reached at 817-882-6520. And Darren just won the Talk Awards 2022 and was recognized as a five-star rated business. This dude is going to have to move locations one day because he's not going to have a big enough office for all the awards this dude's pulling down. Um, There's a lot of competition in North Texas. There's like 4,000 registered roofers here in like the DFW area. So to be selected for an award with that much competition has got to tell you something. And there's a reason that we wanted Darren so bad uh, to be a sponsor for the Fort Worth Roots podcast. Nothing but illustrious sponsors as Javier from Funky Panther would maybe put it. But go check them out, roofingsolutionshalk.com. And sincerely, you just need to have them come out, take a look at your roof, and uh, introduce themselves. That way, if there is any kind of issue going on right now, you can catch it before it's an issue. Uh, kind of preventative maintenance type stuff. And keep this phone number because you live in North Texas. You know how bad it is for roofs in this area. It's, you're going to need them one day. And probably sooner than you think. Again, that's 817-882-6520. Thank you to our sponsors for supporting the Fort Worth Roots podcast. We have a huge event that we're putting on for you. This is September 10th at Pouring Glory. It's a great place, and we're really excited to be doing this event out there. Okay, so what's the event? September 10th, we will have three bands. We've got Late to the Station, The Gray, and Itchy Richie and the Burning Sensations. And then to tie it all off at the end there, we've got Kate Greathouse, who is a local DFW comedian, and she is side-splitting funny. Every one of these people has been on the Fort Worth Roots podcast, so you can go back through the catalog and listen to them to see what you're getting into. But it's not just the performances that are going to get you out of the house. We have 
11 local podcasters that are going to be at this event, hanging out, talking to people, passing out swag. Um, we also have a vendor market put on by Mickey Wendell uh, from the Artful Village. So there's going to be cool things to uh, to peruse and possibly purchase if you are so inclined. This is a free event, by the way. It's free to attend. Of course, you are going to have to pay money for the $3 beers that they're putting on special for you. Compliments of our friend Scott, the owner. What else is going on out there? It's all sorts of craziness. And if you'll go onto Facebook and find the event, you can find it easily by going to Fort Worth Roots Facebook page. Uh, hit the going button. That way we know how many of these swag bags to put together for you. But it's the first time that Fort Worth Roots has done anything like this where we've put on an event. So we're really looking for your support. We uh, basically put this entire thing together just to say thank you for listening to the show and being part of the success that we've had. Um, and just celebrate the 100th episode. It's just an excuse to do something like this. And I'd love to meet you. So come hang out. And also part of the event is going to be the, the Fort Worth podcast scavenger hunt. And there's going to be details about that in the show notes. I went into great detail last week telling you all about this game that we're playing. And basically it's just a fun game that we put together that you can play in between all the podcasts that we've organized with here in the Fort Worth area. The Fort Worth Roots letter is H. And every other one of the podcasts that are playing the game has their own letter. Like I said, there's details in the show notes, but uh, you, basically you just go to the other shows, you get your letters. Once you've collected them, it spells a phrase. You can bring that phrase to the event. You get a ticket, you put the code phrase on the ticket, put your name on the ticket, and then you'll be eligible for one of the prizes that were given away. Now, I'm anticipating that there is not going to be a huge participation in the scavenger hunt, but at the event, what we'll do is we'll draw for the scavenger hunt players first, and then if we still have some prizes left over, and we will... Then we will draw more names. Everybody will have a ticket at the uh, at the door. So fun for everybody. You do not have to play the scavenger hunt game, but I wish that you would because it's a really fun way to find more awesome podcasts inside the Fort Worth area. The guys that are playing it, guys and gals, excuse me, it's probably you, the Funky Panther, uh, the Jerry Jonestown Massacre, the Failed Podcast, Emo Otaku, it, I spell it out in the show notes, don't worry, uh, Forever Reckless, Funky Town Podcast, Thanks for the Invite Podcast, Osos Colosos Podcast, Fort Worth Famous, and of course, we are playing the game too. Again, the letter for the Fort Worth Roots Podcast is H, if you'd like to play the game. And listen, after you get a few of these letters, you're going to be able to probably guess the phrase, but don't do it. Don't guess, don't cheat. Go listen to these other podcasts. Get the letter from those shows, because that's kind of the point of the whole game, to introduce you to these other awesome podcasters. So, And they will allegedly be there September 10th to hang out and kind of talk to people and stuff and just have a good time. So today's episode is very important to me because we have been trying to reach out to charity organizations here in the Fort Worth area. It's something that we always intended to do with Fort Worth Roots Podcast, and it's just been difficult. But CASA has really been there with us trying to work with our schedule and making sure that we were able to get in there and get some information from them. So a big shout out to these folks. Information with our guests organization CASA can be found at speakupforachild.org. On social media, just look for CASA of Tarrant County. They are on Facebook, they are on Instagram, and they are on Twitter. Ways you can support the organization for our guests today is go to speakupforachild.org and you can donate, volunteer, or become a CASA advocate. Upcoming events for CASA of Tarrant County... North Texas Giving Day, September 22nd, Kids on Canvas, October 20th, and The Clay Shoot, which is March 3rd of next year. And of course, since 
we've had somebody on from Casa of Tarrant County. We will keep you updated. If you're not already on the Fort Worth Roots Facebook page, give us a like, give us a follow, and as details come out for the musicians we have on the show, the comedians, the authors, or even charities like this, whenever they have details that they tag us in, we share it with you in one spot. Fort Worth Roots Facebook page. We're also on Instagram and TikTok, but the place where we make sure we get all the information out for our friends that have been on the show and stuff that we've got going on always lands on the Facebook page. Our guest today is a 25-year veteran of the United States Air Force. Today, he is a child advocacy supervisor for CASA of Tarrant County. It was an honor to finally sit down with some folks over here at CASA, and we look forward to doing a lot more with them in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here for another episode of Fort Worth Roots. Please give it up for our guest today, Jamie Hernandez. And let's start the show! All right, Jamie. So, child advocacy supervisor. What is that? The guy or the individual. We have four. Uh, Those are the ones that supervise the other staff members. Each one of us supposed to have five people that we supervise, and those five individuals are called child advocacy specialists. Now, what does a child advocacy specialist do? What they do is they deal directly with the volunteers. So, they're the ones that sort of supervise, mentor, help the advocates, the volunteer advocates, deal with the children, with the family, do the advocacy efforts that CASA is known for. So they're the ringleaders that that use the volunteers to, uh, I guess the volunteers to be where the rubber meets the road. And then you've got the child advocacy uh, supervisor that's managing everything and making sure the volunteers uh, are being utilized correctly. That's right. What does the volunteer do? Volunteers are the ones that actually go out and get to meet the family sometimes uh, they get to meet the child or the children depending on the cps case typically what's going on mm-hmm. in that situation that they would need to to go out and visit with these families and the children well the process begins when there's a report of abuse or neglect and so in the investigation takes place if the investigation uh, says that yes there was abuse or neglect then the child is removed from the home and a CPS case is started. And so at that point, we are notified that a a child has been removed or children have been removed. And then we begin the efforts to find an advocate that will do advocacy in behalf of that child. And this is whenever the volunteer comes in. That's when the volunteer comes in. So now they're going to take the information from the CPS report, visit with the family, and then what's the next step with that volunteer and the, the family? Correct. Well, the, you know, the cases develop in different ways. And so the advocate, the advocates, our advocates are known for being the most or sometimes the only constant in the child's life while they're going through this horrible time. You know, CPS workers and the contractors that are handling that today, each one of those workers have many, many, many cases. Uh, sometimes one worker will have 15 or 20 cases when our advocates only have one. Uh-huh. So they concentrate on that child's life and what's going on with them, whether they are uh, receiving the services that they need, um, educational services or medical or psychological or anything of that nature. The advocates are the ones that are interacting directly with the child, interacting directly with the court 
interacting directly with all the other people that are around that child's life, attorneys. Uh, you know that um, a CPS case is basically a lawsuit. So when you have a lawsuit in your hands, what do you have? Lots of attorneys. And so the advocates are the ones that are communicating with these different people, but their focus is the child. Okay. What is going on with this child? What are the things that they need? Uh, are they getting uh, services needed, medical services? Sometimes children that are in foster care will have uh, you know, medical situations that need taken care of. Uh, for example, a child that was medically neglected didn't get all the medicines or the treatments that they needed, they get put in the system. Sometimes because the system is so overwhelmed, even those things that they needed to have, the reason that they were removed, are not provided all the way fully. So our advocates can see that and they can begin to talk to people and tell them, hey, this child came for this reason and we need services for them. And they begin to communicate with the different individuals and organizations that can provide that. And you're heading up all this, not just me. With with <laughs> right, you have a you have a team, but you're you're the guy at the top having to deal with everything you just described. Right, absolutely. Right. Let's start at the beginning here. You earned your master's in human services with counseling, and uh, did you do that during your 25 years in the Air Force? Yes. So you're in the Air Force as active duty? Correct. And while you're doing that, you're taking classes whenever you're not uh, yelling at soldiers. Right, or right. <laughs> or, f <laughs> or firing bullets. No, no. But at, <laughs> at what point did you decide that uh, child advocacy or human services was something that you wanted to get into? I mean, that's a... It's a big difference, right? You got the military. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, some aspects of this, of the military life have to do with social uh, interactions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have this vision. Most people have a vision of the military being these soldiers that are like robots and they'll do whatever they're told. And if they have to break something, they'll break it and whatnot. <laughs> like they're not human or something. Right. And so at a certain level, you know, when you get to a certain level in the military, sometimes you have to be the one that looks after people. I would so, just put you at an E6, E7. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you're up there in the in the upper upper echelon ranks and you're you're taking care of people and so you're in charge of younger troops they have families they have children they have situations that sometimes are difficult sometimes cps gets involved even for military people yeah uh, some individuals don't know that but sometimes cps have to intervene because there's abuse or neglect going on in a military family and so knowing that you know, having an understanding, I was coming down uh, at my 23-year mark, and I knew that retirement is really close by. I always, I have always been one of those people that like to help others. And um, when the opportunity came, and for my decision as to what to study, I knew that human services would be the best fit for me. That's excellent. And so I knew that, because that could be used in different arenas, mm -hmm. not necessarily just child welfare, but it could be used in other, you know, the welfare of other people. And so, but this opportunity came after I worked for CPS, because I worked for CPS uh, a couple of years too. And, and so that kind of gave me a, a perspective, you know, I have the perspective of the CPS you know, point of view. Is it six years in CPS? Yeah. And so, um, you know, I could see the the difficulty that the children went through and I saw the difficulty that the caseworkers went mm -hmm. through. So and straight out of the military and into CPS, that's where you ended up afterwards? No, no. I worked for another nonprofit 
prior to that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I worked for a, a ministry, a Christian ministry, for a couple of years. And then CPS. And, and then, then CPS. And, then, and then, then when I heard the opportunity about coming to CASA, I said, you know, that's something that I, I believe I can be more effective. Being, working with the government, you know, there's a lot of limitations and right. stipulations and whatnot and certain things that I couldn't do. There were things that I personally thought that needed to be done, but I couldn't do them because of the limitations of the regulations and the legislations and whatnot. That makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Even though it seems like a massive change from military to something like this, I think you did a great job of explaining how it's really a natural choice. You know, you were in the business of taking care of soldiers and your buddies on your left and right. Right. And so then moving into something where you're still taking care of people just kind of matches up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it was fun. I mean, in the military, I really liked it. And there's some elements, you know, that you bring with you. Even coming to CPS and CASA, you know, the things of, of uh, loyalty, for example. Loyalty is big in the military, right. but loyalty is really big in CASA. And the reason is this. Uh, children that go into foster care, many times they go through one, two, three, four, five different caseworkers. And they go to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different placements. So they need someone they can trust. Right. And so CASAs stay with them through all that and and when you think about having a constant in your life while you're going through a horrible time it makes an impact and jamie do you have family somewhere else are you from fort worth i'm no i'm originally from puerto rico okay so you know i joined the air force over there so yeah it's one of our territories right 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 absolutely but you know i joined there and then came to the u.s and uh, i do have a family i have a son uh, and a daughter my son is 33 and he lives here in fort worth my daughter uh is in her 30s she doesn't want me to say and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's married she lives in florida okay and you do still have some family back home i still do i still do uh have a lot of uncles and aunts and you know cousins lots of cousins over there and then of course my wife's family is all just about all there in Puerto Rico. Yeah. So what brought you to Fort Worth? Work. Just work? Yeah. Basically, uh, I came to Fort Worth uh, initially to work at a ministry here, a local ministry, uh, as a Spanish projects manager. Okay. Uh, I did some work with them and uh, got connected with the community and really loved it. I was living in Texas anyway. Because my last duty station was Abilene, Texas. Oh, no kidding. I'm from Abilene. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Dias Air Force Base. Dias Air Force Base. When I was a kid, I loved going out there and just looking at the static displays. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so I we lived there for about 10 years. Okay. And so really my last duty was, was in Italy. Oh, wow. But we had bought a house in Abilene. We had that. And so we, we kept that. We kept yeah. the house. And when I came back, you know, that was the time of decision. And, uh, you know, I was very familiar with this particular ministry over here in Fort Worth. And I applied for uh, that position there, came over here to Fort Worth. Heard a lot of great things about Fort Worth. Um, and so I, I, I knew that I needed to come this way. Yeah. Uh, I really love this area. Uh, it's big enough and small enough. Yeah. It's growing a lot. Very fast, yeah. Very fast. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that I um, I enjoy about Fort Worth is that people are so friendly. You know, I I uh, I can say that you could go just about anywhere. Everybody says hi, or what is it is said here is 
How y'all? <laughs> the y'all thing. Yeah, the y'all. I can't stop saying y'all. Uh-huh. I try sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I just let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to quantify and uh, e- even trying to explain it because I, I do too. I try to explain to people why Fort Worth is different and it just feels yeah. friendlier. It is. Right. It's very homey. And then, you know, with the work of Casa and what I have been doing, I have had the opportunity to know the community more. And, you know, going out there, letting people know what CASA stands for, what we do, uh, you know, the difference that we can make in the community, uh, you know, it, it has given me that opportunity. And with other things that I'm doing, you know, I, I saw that you did an interview with um, former Mayor Price. Yes, Betsy Price. Yeah. That was, uh, that was a big moment for me. <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, no, nobody else really understands it, but um, when I started the podcast, mm-hmm. I, she was one of the like top 10 people. I, I can't find this list I made, but I made a list, right? and she was on there. I don't know where she was at in the top 10 placement, but I had to have Betsy Price on. That's pretty cool. And by cool. the time I got her on the show, uh, she had just left office. Mm. She wasn't the mayor anymore, but mm-hmm. it didn't matter to me. I wanted to talk to her so bad. So yeah, I mean, there's that was a, a really lot good of, interview. Yeah, a lot of legacy there. But I had the opportunity to work under her in, in a capacity uh-huh. uh i'm a minister also so that she she had a um a minister's or a faith-based cabinet okay and we met with her on a regular basis we became good friends oh, so cool. when i saw her that she's <laughs> been on your podcast it's like yeah i like this this yeah. is gonna be great yeah we try to keep it pretty you know eclectic we want to have everybody on fort worth that is doing something to create mm-hmm. a better place here in our community so yeah. yeah casa definitely falls into that i gotta ask you what does casa stand for is it an acronym or yeah it's an acronym some people confuse it sometimes because you know what most people know what casa yeah, it's a house the right. word casa right <laughs> a house and and we've gotten calls here looking for the housing office <laughs> <laughs> once a week normally <laughs> yeah and normally someone speaking in spanish so they direct their oh, calls to me yeah because i'm bilingual and so <laughs> but casa stands for court appointed uh special advocates okay and uh you know i'm i'm i know we're going to talk more about that but the specifics of that uh you know the advocacy efforts that we do is really where it's at you know and and the ones that get that done is our advocates mm-hmm. and your volunteers our volunteers right Actually, is that the, what you mean the advocates, advocates, right? Yeah. When we when we say advocates and volunteers, those are in, interchangeable. interchangeable. Okay. Um, what type of person uh, do you look for as a volunteer? Because I got on y'all's Facebook, and it, you know, it's one post after another. We're looking for volunteers. We need volunteers. Yes. You know, be a volunteer. Right. So right. What type of person makes a good cost of volunteer? Well, uh, as long as you're 21 and you pass some uh, background check. Of course, when you're dealing with children, that's really important. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you could have any kind of background, Uh, you know, any ethnicity, any uh, professional background, non-professional background, student, part-time, full-time. We have advocates that work full-time. One of the the things that sometimes people ask us is, you know, can I do this while I'm full-time working? And we have many... As a job. Yeah. You know, no, I'm saying that they have their own job. Oh. So they are uh, employed full-time. Yeah. Because they're thinking about, you know, how much time can I dedicate to this? And so, but yes, also some advocates want to do it full-time. That's all they want to do, and that's great. But, you know, what I'm saying with that is that it doesn't matter what your background is, 
uh, it doesn't matter uh, whether you have professional training, not professional training, we'll provide the training to, you know, to let you know, help you how to navigate this, you know, child welfare system. And what does training look like for a volunteer? I see you've got in front of us in the conference room, you've got a huge, uh, very spacious conference room with lots of seats and dry erase boards with lots of notes. Right. Right. Is that where the training takes place? That's where the training normally has taken place uh-huh. before COVID. Okay. And so we had to make some adjustments. You do we do outside now? Right. <laughs> yeah. We we do, uh, sometimes we do, um, what is that called? Hybrid okay. classes where we have some people here present physically and then uh, on the internet. Do Zoom. Online. Zoom, yeah. right. Yeah. We use Zoom. And so right after all the restrictions came online, we were exclusively doing on Zoom. Yeah. So we're still conducting training, still uh, looking for volunteers that would help the children. That that was a logistical uh, mammoth. <laughs> mm, I, yeah. Everybody had to adapt very quickly. Correct. To something like that. Yeah. So y'all are uh, so we, in it with us in the technology phase of Zoom right, meetings. Right. And Soon we'll get as good as you, you know, with this kind of stuff. <laughs> Folks, he's pointing at my GoPro that is sitting on top of the box the Roadcaster was in. If y'all are watching the video, you can see we've got the uh, Casa logo behind us, and I, I tastefully put the banner off to the side there so it didn't block the very nice uh, Casa logo. But uh, we, we may do with uh, the office space, and it's actually very comfortable, very nice, yeah, yeah. very clean mm-hmm. office. All right, right. <laughs> we have to be an example, all right? Yeah. Um, like I said, the YouTube videos are getting popular, which I did not anticipate. So um, I, I need better equipment. Now. Stay connected. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the notes that I, I got from uh, Caitlin, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, 663 children were removed from their homes last year. Is that just in Tarrant County or is that? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. Tarrant, Unfortunately. Tarrant County, third highest number of abuse cases in the state of Texas. That's, that is a sad number, but it's true. Now, is it, any of that because of the footprint of Tarrant? Because that's the 11th largest county in the United States. Mm-hmm. Does that have something to do with it? Or mm, are people just... I, I don't know because, I mean, we're smaller than other counties uh-huh. and our numbers are higher. Yeah. So I don't think it's about size. It's about, you know, what's going on in, in that area. Can you help me understand that? Like, why would we be the third largest in abuse cases in the state? Uh, there, I think, you know, I'm going to give you my personal view on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of elements to that. Uh, first of all, legislation. Uh, sometimes when the legislation determines, like real recent legislation redefined the word neglect. What does that mean? Uh, they redefine the word uh, abuse. What does that mean? It used to mean, you know, something in the last legislative session, and now it means something else. So when you take that and you take it to how the judges look at it, then that could be also something that determines whether a child will be removed or left home. So with the recent legislation, does this now mean that it is easier to fall into the category of abuse or less likely to fall into the category of abuse? I think this latest, you know, uh, legislative, that's a mouthful. (laughs) You nailed it. (laughs) Legislative session. The the redefinition of it, I think, made it to where children can stay with their parents uh, easier. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, but still, it's up to the judges. You know so what's going on. When you say stay with the parents easier, mm-hmm. do you mean that it's harder for the courts to take them away from their parents? Right. 
which means that the abuse can continue, which means that there would be more open right, cases. Right, right. It could be. I mean, it, you know, it could be. In, it, it could go in any direction, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my understanding is that you know, with the way that was redefined, uh, these definitions definitely will make a, um, a, you know, a difference in which way it could go. In Dallas, the judges and the um, you know, the attorneys and all that, they function different than in Tarrant County. So when you look at both counties and you look at the numbers, you can tell that some of that has to do with how the definition is viewed. Okay. Some of it has to do simply with um, what's going on in the community. And uh, when you have communities that have a lot of drug problems, you're going to see more uh, abuse of children. Okay. Uh, you know, so depending on what's going on, uh, you know, around the community. So would there be a proportionate, I, I hope I'm not getting off on the wrong rabbit trail here, and you, maybe you don't know all these, mm-hmm. uh, a, the answers to these questions, but I'm, I'm just wondering, um, drug problems, mm-hmm. cases, arrests, whatever, mm-hmm. are they directly related to the uh, number of abuses as well? I wouldn't, know, I wouldn't know yeah, that answer that's, to that. That's, that's pretty specific. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know that there are some that. studies that I have been done. We do a lot of reading here. We do yeah. research. We do training. We look at numbers. We look at uh, the overall numbers of Texas, and sometimes we compare the numbers from another state. Of course, every state has different regulations or you know legal parameters for that but the numbers the actual abuse of children you know what is abuse for example there's different kinds of abuse to define it so there's you know physical abuse there's sexual abuse there's there's psychological abuse all that so there are different kinds there they are broken down each one in what that would constitute that kind of abuse and whatnot and so all those numbers we look at that and what's going on in the community and we see this many physical abuse this many sex abuse this you see what i'm saying sure it's all that are a determinant on how the numbers are going to look in the end yeah and so that 630 something it's a very 663 is what 663 right yeah uh, well, when you when you look at that, I, re- I remember one time we were doing a presentation, our CEO, it's a really smart guy, and uh, uh, Don Vinegar is his name. And so we were having a presentation, and he, he kind of talked about that number. And he said, I want you to think about a, a, um, an elementary school. How many children are in an elementary school? It's probably about... About 600. Yeah. Imagine all those children disappearing in one month, just gone. And so that's a very impactful kind of analogy to let you know the you know how serious this number is. Yeah, it's wild. So how does CASA advocate for children in foster care, um, and 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 what does CASA do to to kind of affect the community in a positive way that's going to change those numbers? Right, and so. Um, what our advocates do is that because they interact with the children and they interact with the family and they understand because of the training that we give them, they have a, a better understanding. They're not experts by no mean, and they're not, of course, they're not uh, attorneys or anything like that. Right. They're a volunteer. They want to help the community. That's what we're looking for, people that are wanting to help the community. And so they want to help the community, and the way that they're doing that is by looking at what's going on in the life of this child and with the guidance that we provide, and we begin to 
talk about what is best interest for this child. What is the best situation that could help this child to have a better outcome later in life? Because, you know, it's about the future, right? Our children, we say that our children are our future. 100%. So yeah, if, very accurate, right? <laughs> so if we if we're looking at it that way, then our volunteers are going to intervene in a in a really tough situation. They're going to come in into that situation. They're going to see what's going on. One of the one of the um, descriptors that is used for our advocates is the eyes and ears of the judge. Mm-hmm. You know, Casa was founded by a judge because this judge thought that. He needed more information to make decisions that will make radical changes in this family. Yeah. So I need to know more to make you know better decisions. And so uh, our advocates come in with that kind of understanding that they're observing, they're watching, they're seeing what's going on with the family, what's going on with the child, and what are those things that we can um, talk, speak to, and if there's concerns, raise the flag talk to someone that can make a difference in that aspect of the family so that the outcome of that child when this whole mess is done is better than before. Right. So I guess to pack it in one sentence, uh, the way that our community can make a difference with those 663 children is to volunteer as an advocate if they can. Yes. That's, that's what Get involved. Is it's, it's really, you know, just get involved in the sense that you're going to be coming in and lending an ear and an eye and a hand in some cases because what happens sometimes is that let's say that our children um, the case is kind of winding down things are getting better for mom and let's say there's a single mom and the child is now coming back to mom and, and that's what we want we want the children back in their families right. that's what our, our goal is that's what we want to do sometimes that doesn't work out and we realize that, but that's our goal. So this one, this kid is coming back, but mom doesn't have enough resources to buy a crib. Casa sometimes can help with that. And our advocates, because they're seeing what's going on with the family, they can say, hey, this mom needs a crib because their ba- her baby's coming home. That would be impactful. And right? that would be an impact. Not just giving away cribs. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you see that this is moving in the correct direction. Correct, and, right. Yeah. You said? Okay. Yeah, that, that number that I saw in the email was uh, was yeah. staggering. And then seeing that uh, Tarrant County was the third highest in the state. But um, aside from all the negativity, and I know y'all do some really powerful work around here. Can you tell me a recent success story that just brought it all into focus and makes coming to work uh, worthwhile? Worthwhile. Oh, man, there's so many, though. So many. Uh, well, I, I can tell you a success story. Uh, in the work that we do, okay. you know, even in ongoing cases, we have success stories. Uh, for instance, recently there was a, uh, you know, during the case, uh, the court was considering putting this child away from the family uh, because uh, they didn't think that the family was fit. And all the information that they had was from a, from a report, a home study. So they're going off of the something they're reading on paper. But our advocate had been to the home and that advocate saw what was going on in the home and saw the interactions of the children and saw what's going on there. And so our advocates, one of the, part of the work that our advocates do is that they put together what we call a court report or a report to the court with their observations. 
Mm-hmm. And so the tr- you know the the hearing is going on. They're talking about well, you know, we're gonna have to put him in in uh, foster care because his family is not good. And so our advocate, the actually the attorney for the child, the, it's called the ad litem, uh, brought to the attention of the judge. Say that again. Ad, ad litem. And what is that? That's the attorney for the child. Okay. Remember, separate from the advocate. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. And, and and remember, we're talking about a lawsuit, right? Sure, so everybody sure. has an attorney, right. including the children. Right. So someone has to represent their uh, their rights. The attorneys represent their rights. We represent their best interest. So in this whole process, the ad litem noticed, hey, uh, judge, if you notice in the court report of CASA, it's, it's a different picture. The family's doing well. The children are doing well. You know, so it was a different perspective that our advocate brought to the table that the judge, judge otherwise would not have had. Yeah, that's a good example of of kind of Casa's mission, like you described earlier. You know, the end result is what y'all are shooting for or going after is putting these families back together. Right. You're not trying to separate them. You're not going in there trying to find problems. Right. You're trying to get the real story. Right. And make sure that the judge has information that he might not otherwise have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. And and so and then we have other stories where, you know, children that successfully, you know, going to school or because we don't only do advocacy for little ones. Our advocacy goes all the way until they're eighteen, sometimes beyond that. Mm-hmm. Uh, some children stay in the system until they're eighteen. And what is called age out, so they age out. And when a child is aging out, there's a lot of needs that that arise from that, sure. whether work or study or whatnot. And so our advocates are keeping an eye on all those situations and seeing how they can be a channel to bring services or bring, uh, you know, resources that will help that teen transition to adulthood mm-hmm. successfully. Do you know uh, Tanya Houck with the Gladney Center? Uh huh. I don't. I don't know her personally, but because what we're talking about now is starting to get into kind of her area, which yeah, is, is yeah. foster care and child placement, and right, things right. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that she told me whenever we were uh, interviewing her, um, I can't remember what episode. I want to say it was like sixty-four or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she was telling me that the reason that they're that that the Gladney Center is so effective at what they do is because there is so much communication and so much organization helping organization here in Tarrant County. Absolutely. Do you feel like CASA, um, from from where you're sitting, mm-hmm. do you also think that the cooperation between different organizations here in Tarrant County makes your job easier to oh, help yes. these families? Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, we know many people at Gladney working together, knowing that Okay, it, it's like, uh, okay, you got this area covered, I'm going to cover this area. Right. And, uh, and, and so we communicate with each other to find out. I, I'm pretty sure the CEOs know each other. <laughs> <laughs> so they communicate, they talk to each other and, and help, uh, you know, in that communication so that we can be effective in our community. Because, it, in fact, the contractor that oversees all the functions that CPS used to when the children came into care, it's called our community, our kids. Uh-huh. And so OCOK, for short, is that organization that is, you know, uh, functioning as CPS in the conservatorship of the children. I think that's another organization. Y'all were also out there at uh, River Oak Spring Fest, weren't you? 
the car show yes yeah yeah Yeah. it was it was a rough day for uh casa and gladney center because the pavilions kept getting blown over the the (laughs) vendors the vendors you know they're 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 warriors they do this all the time so they had huge stakes and weights and all that and then you guys had your covers but you didn't have all the extra gear because these people go out there and they do it every week right right right. so they anyway um but we're really glad that you guys made it out to that and i'm I'm hoping that uh next year's is better yes and i will bring some extra tent stakes for you guys (laughs) and for the gladney center um where can people learn more about uh what we're talking about here today and in casa in general uh well uh, i think our website is a great resource for that speak up for a child.org and there there's a lot of information about uh, who we are what we do uh, next steps if you want to be a, a volunteer uh, you know th- there's a process of course and the first step is going to an info session we call that an info session it's about an hour and you get like a you know a uh, fire hose <laughs> information <laughs> first you know what what's in general what is it that we do and how would a person be interested in joining this this team uh, as a volunteer uh, and then after going through that there's a uh, an application that needs to happen they'll the application is on the website and they can fill out that application we receive it here and then we set up an interview Okay. We'll have an interview with the, with the individual, uh, pretty extensive. We run background checks. Um, and then after that comes the training in that room that you like so much. <laughs> <laughs> do, but do y'all um, kind of put the, the kitty um, floaties, oh, the floaties. On, on, on the, the yeah. new volunteers and put them in the shallow <laughs> end? And then you got 10-year veterans that you throw into the, the deep end with no yeah, floaties. Yeah, I mean, sort of. Yeah. We sort of do that. You know, we, we do. We do consider, you know, uh, the person and maybe their availability for what kind of case and all that. But the reality of this is that the, no case is easy. Right. I mean, I don't care what case it is. When you think about what's going on with a family that is being broken up, it's difficulty. Sure. So it's, it's difficulty in a different color, in a different flavor. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? And so we do guide our advocates from the beginning. Actually, it doesn't matter how many years you, you've been an advocate. You always have the specialists that will guide them through the process step by step. Yeah. And so they're never going to do anything alone. They're always going to have the support of you know, the, the staff. Uh, you, they go through the training, 34 hours of training, and then after the training, it's a learning process even. I mean, like I said, I work for CPS, and there's a lot of terminology. There's a lot of uh, things that you're thinking about, the law and uh, how you know different organizations work and how that organization functions with this other organization. And then you have the attorneys and you have the therapists and you have the doctors and the teachers. and the, I mean, there's all this stuff. So our advocates uh, have their specialist guiding them through in every step of the way. Awesome. Yep. Big events coming up? Oh, yeah. We have a big event. Wait, they gave me a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. They're like, Jaime, don't forget I, about I brought it. a whole book. <laughs> 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 but we have our kits on Canvas. Okay. Uh, What's that? It's uh, a benefit. And this one is happening soon. One? Very, very soon. O- October 20th, maybe? Uh, uh, August 
This oh, October. October. <laughs> yeah. And my, my queue is back there. <laughs> <laughs> October. I didn't I I didn't read it before I came here. Hang on. It's in here somewhere. Anyway, uh Kids, Kids on, on Canvas, Canvas, right? Benefit benefiting cost of Tarrant County. And um we need your help. Uh there are more than four hundred children in Tarrant County that are waiting for for a casa needing a volunteer this is this is going to be a, a fundraiser mm-hmm. so it helps us have the resources that we need to train the volunteers and then get them ready to assign them a case on october 20th where are people going to meet for this event okay so uh, they didn't give me the part did, did you give me the part what's what that you, the 411 yeah it's in the 411 it, the 411 is not here <laughs> 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 That's why she sat here patiently, just just for this moment. So where where is the four eleven? This is Victoria, and she is she's off camera. She's off camera, but she's, she's a lot prettier helpful. than me. She would be here. Be, you, okay. you said it was off of what? South Main. South Main. Okay, and it's the four eleven. Is that a a venue? Okay, I haven't been there yet. Okay, well, all this will be in the show notes, so people don't have to be writing it down, and there we don't go. have to get all the notes right. Yeah, but it will be in the show notes, the <laughs> October twentieth at the four eleven. Come, uh, come support Casa. Yes, please. And there's another event coming up, right? Well, I mean, we used to have a a, a fun run, but that's kind of on pause right now. Okay, but you can see actually you can see that in in our website. Okay, and um, it's going to be a few weeks until this comes out. So anything else that needs to, uh, you know, if we forgot anything, well, I would say you know that if you cannot be a volunteer as as in you know an advocate, there's other ways to volunteer with us. Uh, There's other ways to help. Donations, you know, we're always receiving donations. We're looking for people that will donate. I don't know, a few thousand dollars be great. A few million be great, yeah. Uh, because children, you know, need our support, and the children of Tarrant County truly need uh, people that that value them. You know, when you value something, there's really not a dollar sign to it, right? And so uh, that's one way uh, volunteering for uh, events like this event that we're having. People can come to us and let us know that they want to help. You know, with uh, doing whatever is necessary to get the event going. And you are looking for sponsors for this thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. We are looking for sponsors. Would people go to speakupforachild.org to be a sponsor? Yes, and that would make that girl very happy. Mm -hmm. Victoria (laughs) off camera? Victoria off camera. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I had... uh, we, we hit all the personal questions. I, whenever I get a guest on, I like to talk about them. We covered a little bit about your military history and how that transitioned you into mm-hmm. uh, what you're doing today with human services. And um, We talked about your family in Puerto Rico. Yes. I wanted to ask you about restaurants here in Florida. Oh, wow, wow. Where are the good restaurants? Oh, my Jamie? gosh. Well, uh, actually, if I talk about the one that I just discovered recently is not in Fort Worth, unfortunately. No, we're only talking about Fort Worth today. <laughs> Wait, where's the one you just discovered, though? It, it, it's in Hearst. Okay. It's not too far. It's not too far. They're friends. Yeah, yeah. We Fort Worth likes Hearst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a Puerto Rican okay. kind of restaurant. Does it remind you of home? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of items there that I really like. And so this is legit. This legit. Is it's legit, yes. Where's that? Yeah. And, uh, oh, gosh, I can't remember. How about the name? Um, I 
Can't remember that either. Uh, el, el Patriota, I think, is what it's called. Oof. Spell something. it. Spell it for me. <laughs> How do you spell that? I'll, I'll send it to okay. you later. Right. Send it to me. <laughs> I had my pen out. I was ready to go. I know. I okay. know. I know. Well, Jamie, thank you so much. Is is there anything else that you want to, as far as uh, websites or emails or phone numbers or uh, TikTok or Instagram or wherever y'all put well, material Well, we out? are in just about every social media app. A channel that, that you can think of okay. except for TikTok. I'll try to find it. Is it Casa of Tarrant County? Yeah. Okay. Casa of Tarrant County. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. Uh, all that. Okay. All of the above. But no TikTok. And no TikTok. We're not going to catch you doing dances in the <laughs> no, conference room? No. no. <laughs> that, would, that would not <laughs> be a pretty sight. <laughs> up. I think she can see it. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be a pretty sight. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're there, and and we appreciate this. We really Absolutely. Do. Well, Fort Worth Roots. What one of the things I wanted to get into uh, from the very beginning was non uh, nonprofit organizations, right. charities here in Fort Worth, and for some reason it has been so difficult to connect with uh, what are they five hundred one Cs or yeah. nonprofits charities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know what that's about, but you guys have really been on top of it, uh, getting a hold of me and. Uh, making this a possibility so thank you very much and to anybody listening to this um if you have a charity or nonprofit, fort worth roots would like to hear your story and how the community can help yeah. uh support you so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but thank y'all very much yeah I yeah appreciate oh it. one thing that i just remember okay. uh, combined federal campaign you you combined can the federal the cfc okay the combined federal campaign that every year comes around uh, we're part of that. And you what, know, what do they do with donations? This? Do you remember when you were in the army? You remember? Oh yeah. You remember? Oh yeah. They give you a big list and they tell yes. you, yes, you got to pick one. Yes. Right. That. They don't give you an option. You well, got to pick one. <laughs> we make it easy for you. Here we are, Cost of Tarrant okay. County. All right. CFC. So, it comes around. What is it towards the end of the year? I think well, we will tag CFC mm-hmm. Andrew when you're putting this together. Yes. So awesome. whenever soldiers are going, what is CFC and mm-hmm. who should I support? That's Maybe right. they'll pull up this video and they'll know. Okay, well, that's a good first one. sergeant says I got to. So <laughs> do, do y'all have first sergeants? We do. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is Air that Force. the one that tells you Air everything Force. to do? Uh, pretty much. I'm the sergeant major. And yeah, right, right, <laughs> and the one that you have to talk to when you get in trouble. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, the angry guy behind the curtain. Yes, right. All right. Well, Jamie, thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. We'll tell our friends at Fort Worth Roots goodbye, and uh, we will see y'all next week. All right. Bye. Bye. A huge thank you to Jamie for being on the Fort Worth Roots podcast. Like I said, folks, it. It's, it's a goal of ours. It's something that we're passionate about. We want to connect our listeners with awesome organizations inside the Fort Worth uh, area that are making a difference for our community. So if you do have a 501c, a charity organization, a nonprofit that's making a difference for our neighbors, please contact us at mediaatfortworthroots.com is our email, or you can direct message me on all those social media things. Um, we're trying to solidify a schedule here at the new location. We've got a uh, brick-and-mortar shop now. We've got a lot more details that I'm not telling you about right now because I'm trying to uh, make sure they're more better and stuff. But don't forget about our September 10th event. Um, putting everything I got behind this, folks. I really want you to show up. It's going to be great. I would not lead you astray. Lots of fun stuff. We're going to have uh, all the details. I'm not going to go through it right now. But Facebook, there's an event. And if you go to Facebook, type in Fort Worth Roots or September 10th or Pouring Glory, it should pull that event up and uh, hit the going button. Let me know how many grab bags to put together. 
all the details are, are in that one spot. Now, for our guests today, they asked me to tell you about a few events coming up. North Texas Giving Day, that's September 22nd. Kids on Canvas, October 20th. And the Clay Shoot, March 3rd. These are all ways that you can come out, have fun, uh, be around a bunch of awesome people, and support uh, a very uh, excellent cause. So, yeah, it's a lot of uh, kiddos out there with the abuse. Something that I thought of after the fact, listening to this as we're doing the recording... I think another reason, and this is just my opinion, that we are the third highest in number of reported abuse cases probably has something to do with the how much we care about our kids, okay? So not just the families reporting on other members of the families or something like that, but our our teachers and you know people that are involved with the uh, the public. When they see something, they feel obligated to say something. And I think that is probably not a bad thing. I don't think that uh, the reason, or I don't think that us having the highest number of reported abuse cases is necessarily a negative thing. It's a very large community, and um, we've got people that genuinely care. So, uh, it kind of takes some sting out of that negative number. I mean, that's, that sounds awful right off uh, off the bat. You're like, God, why are we the third largest uh, offender in, in the entire United States, or the state of Texas? They just I don't know, hurts to hear that, but I, I think the uh, silver lining is at least it is getting reported, and these organizations that are positioned to help families get through stuff like that uh, are here and available, uh, thanks to support from people like you. Uh, the, what was that, Combined Federal Fund Charity, whatever that was, it'll be in the show notes. I'm going to look it up and put it in there, but uh, if you're in the military or if your company is involved with that thing, uh, a lot of people get this list uh, annually. And it says, you know, what portion of your paycheck would you like to throw into one of these charities? And I think the way it's set up is you can choose multiple and then divide up a certain percentage of your paycheck. If your organization is involved with that, consider CASA, uh, CASA of Tarrant County, as uh, somebody that could be the recipient of your generosity. Lots of awesome ways that you can contribute to the uh, people over there at CASA of Tarrant County. And... Uh, Maybe not totally out of the question to, to volunteer for these folks. I know probably, like me, you're extremely busy, but there's always something you could do. These are good folks. They're doing good things, and they deserve our support and attention. It's another reason that we're glad they came on the Fort Worth Roots podcast. Hopefully, we can help advance their mission and, and get those kiddos some more help, maybe in a small way. But that's uh, I need your help to do that. So Remember, the website is speakupforachild.org, and I will put that in the show notes. What else? You already know about the September 10th event. I don't need to talk anymore about that. But I hope you come out. And um, if you haven't hit the going button on the Facebook uh, invite, go ahead and look me up. Fort Worth Roots on Facebook. And I've got it pinned to the top of the news feed there. So, cool. All right. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Thank you to our sponsors, uh, Darren Houck. Excuse me. Roofing Solutions by Darren Houck. And Wood Post Metalworks. And Hawk Walker Originals. Thank you. Those are our sponsors right now. If you would like to be a sponsor of the Fort Worth Roots Podcast, that's an option. We're here doing awesome stuff. We do need some help, too. I want you to go and I want you to help out people like Casa of Tarrant County first. But when you get done with that <laughs> and you want somebody to say nice things about your business, I've got some stipulations. You know, you've got to be well-respected by our community. You have to be inside the Fort Worth area. 
and uh, so on and so forth. I also have to understand your product. And no more babbling out of me today. Y'all are the best. Thank you every time you stream even one episode of the Fort Worth Roots podcast. It helps our analytics and allows us to reach more people so that we can spread messages about CASA of Tarrant County or we can advance the uh, footprint for one of our local musicians, authors, uh, comedians, whatever, whatever. All the people. So you're helping Everybody we got in our catalog every time you stream one episode. So thank you very much for being here. I will see you next week. All right. See you Monday. Bye.